I like to say perfect is the enemy of done, right? Like you can mm. always keep improving, but then you'll never finish. My house is a perfect example of that, right? Like it's been 12 years. It's never going to be done because it's <laughs> never going to be perfect. But with the kids, the furniture I was doing, it was vintage furniture. It was old. It was already beat up. And most of it was like the chalk paint stuff. And so you can't really mess that up. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'd let them paint the back instead yeah. of the front, right? right, right. Smart. Nobody's looking at the backside, write your name, you know, ruin your clothes, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter right. on that side. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. This is a show where we chat with artists, experts, dreamers, and doers about what makes us feel most at home. You know what makes me feel most at home? Cuddles. Cuddles and <laughs> sitting in the closet, which we're doing right now. We are literally in the closet because there's some renovations going on in our podcast space. And so this is our new podcast space. I'm staring at Linda's shoes. Are you smelling my shoes? I am definitely not smelling your shoes, but you know what? <laughs> that smell feels like home. This is At Home. Still here in the closet, everyone. <laughs> I'm not joking when I say it makes me feel at home. No. Like hanging out here. Like I, you know this. She's, I, so you know, she's barely able to see me over top of the island I'm here. Just she's just peeking <laughs> at me. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Um, but yeah, I have been known to like work in the closet and just like <laughs> lay down on the floor in the dark in here. I come and, home like, sometimes and I walk around. I'm like, Linda, Linda, I don't hear her anywhere. And I look upstairs, downstairs, everywhere. I even peek in the bedroom, don't see her. And then I'm like, wait, what's that? I see a faint light coming out of the shadow and it's like her laptop light. And she's just in the dark in the closet. It's just comfy and quiet in here. You know, when we had the Vegas house, I used to hide out in that closet like all the time when we had parties and I didn't want to come out until, you know, everyone was kind of like in their groove. And I remember like texting Annalie, like, are you coming out yet? Are you there yet? And she's like, no, I'm still getting ready. And I'd be like, okay, good. I'm still naked in the closet. Well, and, and I don't mind that. That's why I visit the closet a lot. Um, I It is like, like a sound studio in here. I wonder if you guys can hear the difference with the sound because it's actually very... Do you think it's good? I think it is good actually in here. There's no reverb. I don't hear any echo or anything. It's all of your cozy onesies. Exactly. I do have... I'm, I'm now staring at my onesies. It, I'm looking at the one that is the cowboy print onesie. It's the cowboy it's to match well, the wallpaper from when, when I was a kid. Of the course red ones. you have that. Yeah. I'm looking at mine too. It's the checkered one that I got from um, Banff. Uh, yes. With yes. the, with the, what's the butt flap? Is, is it it's just called just butt called flap? butt flap, okay. yeah. The well, all good, all good Canadians <laughs> have those butt flaps in their onesies. Uh, uh, what else? This, this has actually been, this is a nice week. So we've just wrapped up between Forever Home and Celebrity IOU, almost 20 episodes, 20 houses revealed within like a month period. So it's been a go, go, go kind of month. It's amazing though. I mean, the emotions from revealing to homeowners, it's, I mean, it's just warms your heart when you see how much some of these renovations are changing lives, but it is very exhausting. And so now we've had a few days where Linda and I can spend some quality you and me time. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a bit of a staycation here in the city and during our staycation, we're working on some personal things that we hope we can share with you soon. Yes. And also 
um, a thing that has been quite fun though is it's a balance of the you and me time as well as family time. So we actually today we took our five nieces and nephews to the Magic Castle. They do a brunch, and uh, we were able to go take them there. And it is the most it was adorable really just thing. For us. Yeah, it's just for us. <laughs> but no, it was the most adorable thing to see how excited they all get watching the magicians and how they're like bouncing up and down in their seats watching when. You know, some of them are pretty simple tricks when it's like the bunny trick they're doing Speak for the kids. Speak for yourself. A lot I, of the tricks are amazing. I don't know how they're done. They're all amazing tricks, but they cater at this brunch thing. They cater to the little kids with some of the magic and they get so excited. It was hilarious. So then afterwards, we had a magician come to the backyard and this magician, Alfonso, entertained the kids and taught them some tricks, which that was even was cooler. That was so cool. And he taught me some tricks, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've never really learned any magic tricks. So what? maybe I'll test some on you. You should. I mean, Noah and Will have been going nonstop, and they've been showing the same tricks to me for the last six hours. <laughs> we did a movie night in the yard, too, where we have an outdoor screen that we set up, and uh, we just all sit on pillows and have pizza, and it was so much fun. We actually go and get the nachos and cheese from the movie theater. We get the little containers and we bring it's that. It's so bad. It's so it's bad, so but good. so good. <laughs> we uh, we watched The Greatest Showman. So good. It's basically like karaoke movie night. Yeah. The the girls, so our nieces, they're six. They know like every word to Greatest Showman, which is they pretty cute. It. They love it. And so, of course, they sing completely off key. But what? They sing the whole Come thing. Come on, you got to give it to them. <laughs> no, they belt it out. Uh, so thank <laughs> you, Hugh Jackman. you criticize them. Thank you, Zac Efron. Thank you, everyone in the film, for making it fun for the kids. I've watched that movie now five times, six oh, times. Oh, at least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> That's one we do every year. Yeah. So what are we talking about here, though? This is a really fun conversation this week. Oh. We have a fellow HGTVer. This is Tamara Day, who has joined us. She is just an amazing soul. She's a great, amazing mother. She's a hardworking real estate mogul. I'm going to say mogul because she turns over houses, makes them beautiful, and she's sort of revamping her hometown. But I also love that it's all these beautiful historic homes that she works with. Yeah, she she does the stuff that we really want to do too. Bargain mansions. Yeah. That's like... Castles. We will do a castle one day. <laughs> but but the way that she also, it's rehabbing and, and refurbishing pieces within the house. And she works with her dad. And that's I cool. think that's really neat. Working with fam, the fam jam. So let's get right to it. This is Tamara Day. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. Help protect what matters most with all this plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. 
Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. There's so many things that I love about your story and what you show to the world. Not the fact that, you know, you get to work with your dad. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty amazing. Dad and I have a lot of fun and I'm really blessed to have that time in our lives captured, right? Like someday I'll get to show my great grandkids all of what grandpa was about. And that's yeah. going to just mean so much for so long. Yeah. And mm-hmm. watching my kids grow up through the seasons is irreplaceable, right? Yeah. 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 Talk about great documented footage of the I kids know. growing up. It's such, yeah. I mean, such even when I watch thing. season one now, I'm like, oh my gosh, they were so little. And now they're six one <laughs> and almost six foot. Like they're giants now. And they were like here <laughs> when we started. Tell us all about your, you know, your dynamic with your with your family and as a kid and what got you into what you do. Well, you know, my my parents were both farm kids, like one room schoolhouse farm kids. And so they had farmer parents, wheat, cattle, all of the stuff. And they really grew up with a, you've just figure it out mentality. And they passed that on to all of us kids in all of the houses they bought. They didn't have a lot of money when we were little, but they always bought the nicest house they could afford. And there's a story of dad buying one two by four a week because that's all he could afford to finish off the basement. And mm-hmm. those are kind of the memories I have as well as like, Every project, he was doing it. It wasn't a crew of people in our house. And we were the cleanup crew usually. And he'd show us how and we'd whine and then we'd get it done and all of the normal things. But through the years, it really stuck. And when I got older, I just really learned how much I enjoyed working with my hands and also the design side of it. And so it's been a really great marriage of both of my passions and being able to have my kids along for the ride, it's really been like full circle for all of the generations. So how did you and your dad start working together? So my husband and I had, our first house was a short sale and we lived in it while we did it. And then when we moved back to Kansas, um, we kept buying houses like that. And then we started flipping them. And it was 2008, I think, is is really when my career started because I was a stay-at-home mom at that point. We had three little boys. They were four and under, and my husband's day job is financial planning. Mm. 2008 was not fun to have a foreclosed house that we were gutting and renovating. It, it was truly destroyed, not livable. And so we were halfway through when the crash came, and we just had to figure it out. And dad came and helped me, and I literally every stick of flooring that came in the house, I carried it off the truck so I didn't have to pay somebody else. Yeah. And every, every beam that needed sanded, every wall that needed patched, mm. I just did it. And usually there was a baby on my back. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we were really watching every cent and it was a scary time. But if that, if we hadn't had that house and that hadn't happened, I would have just gone and bought furniture. I would have had a designer help me and wouldn't have had the confidence mm-hmm. to just do it myself. And I think that was really the catalyst that made me step outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And we started doing big sales at my house. I'd paint furniture and um, twice a year we'd invite the city into my house to buy it all out. The whole first floor was for sale. And we'd have about a thousand people come through in a weekend and just uh-huh. buy us out. We'd have food truck and music and lots of mompreneurs. It was really like 
a fun, fun time. And you, you don't understand right now. You are speaking Linda's language. I know, like Linda I, is always talking about our idea of sort of collecting, you know, from when we're out in the Just having a warehouse of yeah. like stuff that we've collected over the years and just having a sale. And, so yeah. are all of these things that you were selling, are these things that you just acquired through like garage sales, shops and yeah. sales, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Like buy it for 20 bucks, sell it for 200, clean it up, do all the stuff. It was so much fun. And the events were like people having, having picnics in my front yard and uh, we'd have the taco truck out front. It was just such a, a great time, but they started seeing my house through that. Yeah. And I did a white kitchen with open shelves in 2008 before that was really the thing. It was still that Tuscan era. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, wow, that's new and fresh. Will you come help me with mine? And that was how my design business started. And it was all born from lack, right? We didn't have the money for me to just go mm-hmm. do everything I wanted to do. And I had to get scrappy and figure it out. Can you talk about, I know you've mentioned how lucky you are to be able to work with your dad, but when you come across any disagreements, how do you guys deal with it? especially since you're having to deal with it on TV as well. Family never fight. What are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Lots of passive aggressiveness. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, we don't actually fight very often and we can talk through it, but there's definitely moments where it's like, come on, what are you doing? And we'll, we work through it and it's really obvious. I'm the one in charge on for the show in particular, and he's just there for fun and to help me out. So when he has an opinion, I try to listen. And um, if he's wrong, I just tell him. And if I'm wrong, he tells me and we work through it. And it's that unconditional love, right? Like I know Mm -hmm. that even if I disagree or I'm upset with him, he's always gonna love me and I'm always gonna love him Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be okay. So you're the boss now on the construction site. I mean, we know this, but when you look back and your dad was the one teaching you or you're a kid working with him, he was the boss. So what was that shift like for you to take the reins or was it something that he was, it's almost like the uh, the karate kid thing. It's the, uh, you know, the, the student becomes the master. It was definitely a transition that wasn't like a real easy kind of thing. But at the same time, with with our show, I own the houses. And so it was kind of a natural fit. It's like, I own this house. It's mm-hmm. not a client house. It's not his house. It's mine. Mm-hmm. And I want his advice and opinion on how to do things and, and what's important. And so he would give me that good good feedback and good advice. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he, he wasn't a decision maker in the project, right? Mm-hmm. So it helped in that way. And, and there's a whole crew of people telling him what pieces he's supposed to work on. So that helps too, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of other people telling him what to do, not just me. Not just you, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, what's important. And so, and, and he still has a full-time job. So it's not like we're together every day, all day. He's still working all of his other um, enterprises and he, mm. you know, comes and goes as needed kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever feel a sense of like you're a woman on the side and you're not being listened to as much as if you think you were a man? And how did that feel and how did you overcome it? I think HGTV has done such an amazing job at highlighting women's stories. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you overcome that? You know, I I have absolutely had that happen. And dad really does help in that a lot of the time because when we've had certain contractors that just won't listen to what I want done and don't seem to understand I'm the one writing the check. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, 
they'll talk to anyone but me, that my husband or my dad, and mm. get it through. And I've just made a very conscious effort that the minute I start to feel that that pushback from a contractor, mm-hmm. I just address it straight up. Look, I'm not going to keep playing this game. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge of this project. If you don't want to, if you don't want to work with me, that's fine. I'll find somebody else that will. And mm-hmm. we we really just head on confront it. Have you found when when you're in those situations, do you find many of the people that are giving you that sort of an attitude, um, or they're trying to avoid dealing with you? Do you find that they realize they're doing that or, or like, is it a conscious effort or do you think sometimes they're just, oh, I, I didn't realize kind of a thing? I think it's, I didn't realize. Um, they're just so used to working with the man of the house mm-hmm. and they just do what they've always done. Yeah. And so calling it out a lot of times does fix it. Mm-hmm. We've had one instance where it didn't make any difference at all. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to work through it and, it, it didn't end perfectly, I will say. It was very frustrating for mm-hmm. me um, to the point of he wouldn't call me back for two weeks. And my, oh my husband gosh. calls <sighs> and, you know, he was delayed. He was late on the project, not putting it at a priority. And mm-hmm. I've called him, I've emailed him. I'm not getting a response from anybody. My husband calls and within an hour, he's called back from Brazil. No way. <laughs> my mind is, my head's going to explode. <laughs> I can't deal. And yeah. so from there, I just knew what I was working with and there's no changing somebody like that. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to fix him, but I can fix my attitude about it and yeah. I've got to get the project done. So let's get it done in whatever means that is and never work with him again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mental space is very important. Keeping it for the things that do matter instead mm-hmm. of somebody like that. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. So when you were a kid, what was it uh, that you know, because I love to learn from parents um, and then also to learn how parents were parented um, to see what it was that your parents did for you that really instilled that sort of work ethic in you and that drive and passion. Was it just from seeing your dad and what he was doing day in and day out? Or was it little ways where he was teaching you through projects? I think it was a combination of not just my dad, but my mom and my grandma and grandpa. They really... um, we're all very similar in that they liked having us around, mm. right? Like some parents don't want their kids around. They just are, are, go play on your iPad, go go do this. But they really wanted us beside them doing the stuff. And whether it was making a cake with my grandma or crafting with her or going out on, my grandpa drove the school bus. He was a teacher and a farmer and he'd drive the school bus and I'd ride with him at six in the morning and we'd get a Rolo and then, Um, go to school and grandma would come pick me up when school started. And so it was just that quality time together, whether it was construction-based or or whatever, Mm -hmm. they were with us while they were working. Mm -hmm. And we'd have to shovel cow pies uh, down around (laughs) the pond. The flowers would be fertilized and (laughs) (laughs) the field. Or one summer we spent every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, begrudgingly, I will say this was free labor for sure. But dad planted, um, I think, 5,000 trees in that summer. And we had to, it was, I mean, they were sticks, right? They were buckets and yeah. five-gallon buckets. And my brother and my dad were post-hole drilling. And then I'd come along and put the, the stick in the ground and pack the dirt around it. And it was just one after the other. And that story gets told all the time. Because now when you go out to the farm, 
there are 5,000 trees on this 80 acres that is like the only place in Kansas with that kind of tree, right? Like you don't have trees like that in the middle of Kansas. It's flat. Wait, so so you got to watch them grow and now they're, they're still there? Yeah, they're still there. I mean, that would have been 25 years ago. Oh, wow. And he partnered with Key State, um, the agricultural department, and for every tree he planted, they gave him an extra. So he paid for 50% of them and they gave him the other half. And we just kept planting. And every night after school, I'd have to drive the the pickup out to the farm and fill. we had to fill the giant water tank on the back of the pickup at the house in town. So you'd fill it for a couple hours and yeah. then drive it out there and then walk around and water every <laughs> Oh my gosh. The monotony of that would have driven me crazy. Wait, but. I'm, I'm so interested in this. What what was his purpose for planting 5,000 trees? Um, he really wanted the windbreak. I mean, it's very windy out in Kansas and he the house was up on a hill. And my grandpa was a... Um, genetic engineer of wheat, actually, before it was a chemical process, right? Before it was in a lab, he had different fields of wheat that he was just picking. He'd go out and pick the seeds every night at dinner, like which seeds are the the hardiest, which ones are the tallest. He had like a whole criteria and he'd have 10 to 15 different ones. So it was like this whole process. And he created tut wheat, which at one time was one of the most frequently used wheats in the Midwest um, Mm -hmm. because of the stability of it. It it was more resistant to the storms and wind and still had a good um, seed head. So it was just, grandpa was always doing that. And he had tons of trees on the farm there. So I think it was ingrained in my dad. You're just- Mm. Ingrained. Plants. Ingrained, yes, <laughs> good pun. I, I'm still stuck on you all planting 5,000 trees. I think that's so neat that out of necessity, you found a natural way to design an environment that works for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely made living out there much more comfortable, but it was it's also much more beautiful, right? Like yeah. everything's flat. So having, mm-hmm. and he didn't just do one kind of tree. It's a whole variety of different types of trees. And so it has a lot of interest. It wasn't just like stick a hole here and put a tree. There was planning involved in what trees go around the house, which one goes around the ponds and um, along the fence line. And and Absolutely. you could definitely get a windbreak with less than 5,000 trees. You know, <laughs> go big when you go home. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, uh, maybe tell your dad, we just planted a whole bunch of trees just this past, what, two months. We were working with One Tree Planted and we raised over $10,000, which means we were planting about 12,000 trees. Well, we, along with so many of you who helped us. Yeah, we really appreciate all the effort from everybody coming together to help plant some trees, do some good for this world. Where were they planted? There were some in BC that they work some uh, down in Brazil in different regions over in Europe so it's it's just nice to see across the US as well um, that they have a, a broad reach so last tree question I have now <laughs> 25 years later how big are they oh they're massive I mean they're huge trees it's you see it from a, a distance there's so many there oh my yeah. gosh we asked about your your parents and sort of their influence on you, and it's it's cool to hear the two generations of really influencing you with your your grandma and grandpa and your parents. But now you're you're a parent, so when we talk about Henry, Bobby, Thomas, and Nora, wow, how, I'm impressed. Yes, oh yeah, all in my head. <laughs> I have notes. No, um, so 
what's what's your parenting style with them? Do you find you do a lot of things subconsciously the way that your parents raised you, instilling values, or do you have to teach in different ways with each of your kids? They each learn in different ways, right? So there's a little bit of that, but of course, my nature is just, hey, come with me, just come with me, and they're constantly, why? Why? I like mm. you is why. I just like you. Right? I think that's like a, a common thread of something I say fairly regularly that someday, uh, oh, he was here a second ago. I was like, <laughs> don't I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's with you today? Thomas is with me today. Okay. So I think um, they each have their own personalities, right? Like Eleanor's only eight, so she's super easy to hang out with. She All she wants to do is be bes- beside me and, and hang out with me. And, um, and so it's really easy to give her all of my time and attention because the three boys are 13, 15, and 17. And I'm really embarrassing because I'm, <laughs> you know, in their face. Because you're mom. <laughs> I'm mom and it's just everything I do embarrasses them. And <laughs> they they want to be on their computers or they want to be with their friends. And I'm not the first choice all the time anymore, right? The yeah. older they get. And so it's really been an effort. I've, I've made a conscious effort to take that time with each of them. Um, especially this summer while I've had a little time off and make it stuff that they want to do. You know, the beach is Thomas's thing. He loves California. And so when I'm coming out to, to help on this project, I'll bring him with me. Or when I went to New York, I had work in New York and I, I took my other son. And so it just really is just spend time beside me. I don't care what we're mm-hmm. doing. I'm doing dishes. Just stand here. You don't have to mm-hmm. even do the dishes. Just stand here with me and tell me something. I don't care. Tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can learn a little something from you there because yesterday our nephew actually came over and I just heard, Linda and I were both upstairs working and I just heard a little voice yelling from the kitchen like, I'm in the kitchen. And so I'm like, wait, what? Because we're both working. We, we, were, we were in the middle of stuff on our computers. And so I went down to the kitchen and he's just standing there. And he's sort of like, like looking around. You can tell he's bored because the rest of the kids are, are you know, back home. And I said, oh, what are you doing here? He's like, I, I just wanted to come and hang out. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. But I'm, we're, we're, Auntie Linda and I are working right now. We're in, and he said, I'll just come watch. Aww. And then I said, well, no, you know, it's not very exciting. We're just well, on our laptop. I did. And the, oh my the puppy gosh. dog, the puppy dog look on his face. Oh my gosh. It made me feel so bad the whole time he was walking back. And he's like leaving. He's just kind of looking back with the big eyes. And I, I didn't know you I sent know. him away. <laughs> I know. Linda was down there. She would have brought, but I'm like, I have to get this work done. But you know what? I think what you just said to me, though, is probably a better lesson for me because if I didn't send him away, maybe to me it seems boring, but to him, just being around what we were doing would have been exciting. Yeah, so like having a stack of cards beside you or or dominoes or you know whatever that they can play with beside you is huge mm. because if you don't ingrain it in them when they're little, they're not going to want to be with you when they're big. Yeah. That's like, a really good point, yeah. Learning lessons. Why didn't we why didn't we do our conversation with you yesterday morning and then I would have <laughs> ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24/7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. So now that your boys are all, you know, teenagers, you said, right? They're all teenagers now. So 
what do you see their interests are? What's coming out as their uh, career interests? You know, my oldest son is thinking either a therapist or an accountant, which is such an interesting wow. combination yeah. to me. Um, he's a junior in high school and is actually starting um, a program at the local community college where he'll graduate high school with an associate's degree. Oh, wow. And he had to pick a major. And when we were talking it through, I said, you know, either way you go, I, they both are going to serve each other well. As a accountant, having a minor and as a therapist, you're working with people and their money. That's a very personal conversation. Mm -hmm. This will serve you well in that conversation. Yeah. And vice versa, if you're a therapist full time, you're going to have books that you've got to manage. You're going to have mm -hmm. people you've got to manage. That accounting and business degree will completely help in that. So go for it both, like merge mm -hmm. this into a career that can be successful on both sides. So, um, you know, I, I just think it's a really interesting mixture for him. Yeah. And my second son, Bobby is my wild man. He always has been, and he really has a vision for living the van life. He's mm -hmm. like, already saving. Wow. He has $6,000 that he keeps investing and um, rolling over into new stuff. And his goal is to buy the van and travel the country working on construction jobs. Wait, but as a kid, what's he investing in? Uh, well, my husband's a financial planner, so he has a little help. <laughs> oh, oh, like legit investment. I thought yeah. you were saying like yeah. he started like a you know paper route and then he put the money back into another route. And so no, actual financial investing. That's funny. Actual Amazing. financial investing. And he, he got one modeling job um, like five or six years ago. And it was like he's a kid on a ski lift, right? And he hasn't ever spent a cent of that money and reinvested. Wow. Oh, wow. And every year they send him a check. And so he's he's saved all of that and then some. And he's he's pretty scrappy. Like for a couple summers there, he'd go down to the neighborhood pond and catch baby turtles put him in a bucket and then take him up to the shopping center and sell oh, him no. for 10 bucks a pop. To the oh my gosh. <laughs> good, good for him thinking outside the box. He's like, and he's, he's very committed to this no schedule life, right? Like he really wants to be on his own schedule and he mows lawns now and does all this stuff. And my oldest one does too. And, um, but my oldest son has like on Mondays, I do this on Tuesday. I do this. Hmm. Bobby's like, meh, I, I can't do it on a regular day for you. I'll show up when it looks like it needs it and I feel like it. But really, he just walks down the street, sees a yard that needs mowed and is like, hey, do you want me to mow it? It'll be 40 bucks. Hmm. Sure. I'll do it right now. Because he <laughs> feels like it and he wants 40 bucks. And he's like, it works for me. He's making the same amount as the older one. Yeah. It just is on his terms. In a different structure, a structureless structure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and then... Thomas, he is um, my funny one. He is really, he's quiet and he's very particular, but when he talks, he's really funny. When you're, if you, you gotta be paying attention though, because he'll slide little things in there. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Isn't it, isn't it funny to see little bits of your personality come out in, in completely different ways in each of the kids? It really is fascinating. And that nature versus nurture thing is pretty incredible, I gotta say. I think that's, I mean, the most important thing for us is family. And I think to really, what we do in our shows, and I think what's a big part of your life, it sounds like too, is just sort of being a part of that positive inspiration for families and that quality time. It's so, so important. I think 
back to when we were doing the furniture stuff and the boys were little then they were, you know, 10 and under and they were right there. Those are, I call those the driveway days. Like we lived in the driveway. I was painting furniture. They were riding their big wheels and that was just, I was working, but they'd pick up a brush and it was fun, right? Yeah. It was just a good time. And I could quit when I wanted and start when I wanted. It was, mm-hmm. that, that's the Bobby part of me, right? Like I'll do it on my <laughs> schedule. It was great. Yeah. And they really, I, I feel like that quality time when they were young was really pivotal in them wanting to be with me on these trips and mm-hmm. wanting to actually talk to me on occasion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when they would step in to try and help you on some of these furniture pieces and things that you're trying to sell, like in my mind, I'm a perfectionist. And so I, and I think it was my dad when I was younger and, and my mom that instilled that in me. But I find now being a little bit more sort of open-minded to seeing how some of our family and friends have raised their kids. I think I would have been like, no child, if you're coming to work with me, you paint the line perfectly straight the way it is here. If it's not done that way, then you can't help me. But now I'm like, I would be the worst if I did something like that. How do you deal with their personalities too? If they're trying to help you, but you're like, okay, it's, that's a piece of that pizza right off. That's not going to work. Um, Well, I, I like to say perfect is the enemy of done right? Like you can Mm. always keep improving, but then you'll never finish. Mm -hmm. And, um, my house is a perfect example of that, right? Like it's been 12 years. It's never going to be done because it's (laughs) never going to be perfect. Right? Like I just constantly have something else I want to do. But with the kids, the furniture I was doing, it was vintage furniture. It was old. It was already beat up. And most of it was like the chalk paint stuff. And so you can't really mess that up. And it made it, more fun, really. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'd let them paint the back instead yeah. of the front, right? right, smart. right. Nobody's looking at the backside, write your name, you know, ruin your clothes, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter right. on that side. And yeah. let me do the front. <laughs> Good point. That's, That's a smart way, way yeah. to go about it. Well, I wanted I wanted to get into Bargain Mansions a little bit. I just wanted so tell us the story there. How did the show come to fruition and uh, and then how it's grown? Um, well, so my brother met, um, a casting person in Kansas city. I, I didn't, I'd never known anybody even on a commercial, much less a TV show in my whole life. And, um, my brother met this casting person at a home Depot or something like that. And she asked him, she said, Hey, would you want to do a commercial for this thing? You're, you're cute. And you're, you look like you're handy. And he gave her his number and, you know, it was probably one of those like modeling things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he um, gave her his number and then nothing ever happened. And Matt Antrim, the creator and um, producer of our show, he um, moved back from LA. He was a casting agent out in LA for 20 plus years and his dad was failing in health. And he came back to, take care of his dad and met up with her and said, well, do you know anybody, you know, I'm looking to, I'd love to do a show about the houses here in Kansas city. And I, they're so cheap. They're so big. Like this is a, a cool concept. And she remembered him for some reason and called him and said, would you want to? And he said, nah, I'm, I work for Cerner. I'm good now. And um, he said, but my other brother makes tables. You might talk to him. And she called Caleb, introduced him to Matt. And Matt was like, oh, you're cool, but I really want to do houses. I can't make a show about tables. And yeah. it was like, okay, sounds good. And, and took off. And then he just turned around and was like, I don't know what you're looking for, but my sister does a lot of cool house stuff. You might talk to her. 
And by that point, we'd been flipping quite a few houses and mm. doing a lot of design projects and things like that. And he looked me up on Facebook at the time before Instagram even was a thing. And he um, was like, yeah, I want to meet her. And then my brother calls and tells me that. And I'm like, mm, how much does that cost? Like, what are they going to want me to spend to yeah. be a TV host, right? Like, that's not real. And he finally talked me into it. I was like, I need some lumber cut for this project. Can I bring it over for you? And um, he's like, if you'll meet him, I will. So I, I met <laughs> a trade out, yeah. <laughs> Traded services, right? <laughs> and um, and from there, Matt was like, I really want to pitch you to the network. And I was like, okay. They never asked me for money. They just asked me to buy a lot of houses. Yeah, there you go. Well, ho hopefully it was worth it in the end. And so do you typically... Have you held on to any of the projects that you've done over the years or do you typically sell them as you go? Nope, we've sold all of them. There's a few that I regret selling, I have to admit. I yeah. really wish we could still have those. There's yeah. one that someday I'm going to buy back. Oh. What, what is it about it? Um, it was the kitchen. It was the cottage house on Lee Boulevard and it was the kitchen had a vaulted ceiling. It was a tiny house. It was actually the smallest house we've ever done on Bargain Mansions. And mm. the kitchen had this beautiful vault to it and we put a six foot by nine foot window right above the kitchen mm. sink. So it was this massive gridded window. And we like to stay at the houses. Um, I like to take the kids and we spend the night in them when they're finished. Yeah. yeah. They're all staged. So they, they feel like a home and they're usually, usually pretty close. And so we spent like three or four nights there. And I just fell in love with how it felt. It was so cozy and... Hmm. Um, Definitely too small for us to actually live in. It was really tiny. Yeah. When you kick the kids like, out. It, yeah, mm -hmm. empty nester kind of house. But mm -hmm. um, it was just beautiful. The morning sunlight coming in over that sink was just like a slice of heaven. So what's something in the in the upcoming year? What's a, a big passion project or a goal that you want to accomplish? Oh, goodness. We have so many fun things on the horizon. Um, you know, one of the things that has been a passion for me since we started the show, you know, at the end of every episode, we uh, have my friends walk through the houses and um, do an open house and it's by invitation. And I, I've run out of friends, right? Like that's a lot of friends <laughs> at this point. And so we started actually donating that walkthrough to different charities in the city and, and all over the place. And we've been able to raise, I think, seventy dollars to $80,000 for wow. different local kids' charities in particular. And I would love to be able to continue that. It's been such a great um, mm -hmm. blessing to me to, to be able to do that. It costs me nothing. It just is a bit, they love it. Like people just have so much fun getting mm -hmm. to come and walk through and then watch the show and then see themselves on it. And then knowing that we've raised all that money going back to kids has been huge for me. I've been very proud of that. So hopefully we keep it, keep it going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right. We like to wrap things up with a speed round when we're having these conversations. Are you ready? Ready. All, all right. right. What meal makes you feel at home and who cooked it? Uh, chicken and noodles. Uh, my mom makes homemade noodles and it's just mm. the cozy. When I'm not feeling good, that's what I want. That's our, our cozy home food. Amazing. What's your uniform at home? Uh, yoga pants. <laughs> yoga yeah. pants and a sweatshirt generally. I'm wearing my yoga pants too. <laughs> so. You're actually wearing pants today. Yeah. <laughs> what song reminds you of home? We listen to a lot of country music at home. And so I'd say Kenny Chesney is pretty much on, on 
repeat for yeah. all of our kids. It's been fun because I get in the boys, the boys drive now. So I'll get in their cars and they've got Kenny going. And so it doesn't matter which Aww. one of his songs. That's really what we listen to. Would if Kenny Chesney said, Hey, I have this old historic mansion I'd like to refurbish, would you be in? Wow. I'm a hundred percent in on that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I figured so. What's your perfect Sunday morning at home? I actually, we go to church every Sunday. So we lay in bed a little bit, relax, hang out. Um, and then we go to church and I have my boys volunteer at the church every Sunday. And mm-hmm. so they work in the kids uh, kids section with the, the little guys in the nursery for the first service. And then they go to their youth group while I go to service and mm-hmm. help out in other ways. So Amazing. that's Amazing. perfect when they, when I can get them to do that without complaining. <laughs> yeah. Name three things on your bedside table. Oh gosh. Stacks of magazines and books. I mean, crazy amounts. Um, glasses. I, I need my readers now because I'm getting older. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Those are frustrating when they're not there. And um, a bottle of water. Nice. Nice. Which which book are you reading? Or which what's one of the books? Was it? Um, the Daughter, The Forgotten Daughter, I think is what it's called. But I just finished Where the Crawdad Sings, and that was oh, yeah. amazing. Amazing. I have not I read I still it. haven't read that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, her but, other one, the, um, the Before We Were Yours, is like such an emotional book. It's such a good one. Hmm. We love yeah. book recommendations. So I, love, I like historical fiction, so. Mm, yeah. yeah. Nice. Last question. What is your most memorable memory? memorable memory growing up (laughs) growing up I think you know going out to my grandparents house is really what I remember a lot like it was always so exciting my grandparents always made it so fun she always had a drawer of candy or little you know quarter uh toys and so when you'd get there you'd get to go pick one Mm. toy and that was always such a like moment walking in the door and my and then going and showing it to mom and dad and um and the house always smelled of good food and she was always cooking something interesting and that those are probably my favorite memories is is going there. Oh, I love that. And dad and I've actually now that my my grandparents have passed um that was their my dad's great grandfather homesteaded that land. Oh, and wow. so we've been able to we just restored it about 3 years ago and mm. It's kind of, it's like a lodge. It's a cabin It's not fancy or anything, but it's a great place. And taking the kids out there now and spending a week, spring break and things like that has been really, it, it brings those memories back. Amazing. That's so special. You can share that with your kids now. If we ever get out that way, now we know where we need to go. Yeah. Well, it is really far from anything important. You guys are the important. That's the important. <laughs> well, you're yes. welcome anytime. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with thank us. Thank you it's so really much. It's been amazing to, to get to know you a little bit more. And Thanks. It was so fun to get to know you guys better. So much fun hanging out with Tamara. So thank you, Tamara. Thank you, Tamara. I can't wait to meet you in person. And guess what? We get to highlight a maker. Oh, yeah. A maker, a shaker. She's not a baker that I know of. but She could bake. She could I be. Yeah. I would like to point out that Katrina De Silva, she's an artist. She's out of Calgary, Alberta in Canada. She is an amazing, amazing artist, and she has grown a brand that has inspired so many people in their homes, in their offices. Her artwork is absolutely stunning. We've actually worked with her on our shows. 
we have some of her pieces in our house. Mm-hmm. And she first reached out on Instagram. It was. So that's and how we, yeah, we yeah. connected via at home on Instagram. And that's a big thing we always want to say to you guys is we really enjoy meeting new makers and new people that are part of our at home community, our homies. We want to know what you're making and what you're thinking, what you're sharing, and we want to share it. Well, we're going to share a post with Katrina. We actually have a fun project coming up with her, which we'll be releasing on our YouTube channel in about a month or so. But if you want to find Katrina, it's at Katrina da Silva Fine Art. So K-T-R-I-N-A-D-A-S-I-L-V-A Fine Art. I expected that in a, a little ditty. I could do a rap, but I'll have to work on that first. <laughs> and a huge thank you to our homies, Brandon Angelino, Annalie Bell, Hannah Fan, Courtney Iwanis, Wes Friend, Chris Cobain, Jessica Bryant-Harvey, and Nicole Schachter. Our theme music for At Home is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. And music is composed and produced by Rick Russo. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate us. Always rate us. We love you rating and commenting. Yeah. We actually like your feedback. And to you, thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. (laughs) Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.